Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Good morning, Global Church and Friends of Global. It's great to be with you again. Last week, we were looking at uh, principles and biblical principles of how attitude can be your best friend or your worst enemy, how attitude can work for you. And we looked at my attitude at the beginning of a task will affect its outcome more than anything else. Number two, my attitude towards others determines their attitude towards me. We looked at attitude is the major difference between success and failure. It's attitude, attitude, attitude. Number four, we finished with my attitude can turn my problems into blessings or my troubles into a great testimony for God. You know, a testimony of how God helps me through things. But that's up to us. And number five, we've got to take control of ourselves. And so many believers, they make the mistake of keep praying, God, do this, do that. And God, he, he wants to help us, but we are co-workers with him. And if you want to change your attitude, you have to change it. And when you hit the barrier of the struggle and you think, oh, I want to give up, that's we've got to be saying, no, God, help me to keep going through. And by faith and patience, the Bible says, we will overcome. It's a great verse somewhere in Hebrews. By faith and patience, we come through. And when you look back, you realise how far you've come. And yet so often we're disappointed with where we are because we're often in the middle. We're not at our destination, but we're not at the shore. We've set off. I want to encourage you with that thought this week. You know, you might feel like, well, I'm not making, I'm not getting very far, but have a look at where you've come from. And you're not where you want to be, but you're not where you were. You're somewhere in the middle. So keep going because the best is yet to come. And so number five today, I want to have a look at my attitude can give me an uncommon perspective in life. Sometimes our attitude just disqualifies us from anything because we're impatient, we shut up shop, that's it. We're not teachable about anything, we won't listen to anybody. We're in that frame of mind that we're so used to being in and it's so destructive. And we see other people with great attitudes and we want to drag them down. You know, we get so irritated. Have you heard about the experiment with crabs? You put crabs in a bucket and as they try to get out, I think it's crabs or lobsters, when they try to get out, when they, you know, when one is getting out, the others come and pull it back down again. How awesome is that? That's scary. Because that's how we are as a human race. When somebody starts to climb out of what they were, instead of applauding them, we actually drag them back down. Why? Because we don't want to be left behind. And I want to say, don't be left behind, but engage. You know, it's not enough that they have to change. You have to change. I have to change. It's, it's not an option for us. We cannot remain static in this world that's on the move. We must engage. So number five, my attitude can give me an uncommon perspective in life. Jesus said this in Mark chapter nine. He said, all things are possible to him who believes. All things are possible, not some things. All things are possible to him that believes. What are you believing for? What would you like in your life? God has hardwired his will into your life. And that's why some people become painters and decorators. Some become bar owners. Some become entrepreneurs. Some become nurses and doctors because we're hardwired. God has given us problems to solve in this world. And he wants to back it all up with his strength and his resources. And uh, wouldn't it be funny if some of you get to heaven? 
And God says, let's put it on me. Let's just say if I walked into heaven and God says, come on in, Dave Shaw, the great electrician. You think, what? No, I was a preacher and, a, and an entrepreneur. Yeah, you were hardwired to be an electrician and you fought that. You fought that all your life and you went chasing after all this stuff. I'm just saying, just giving you a silly example, but you know, you and I are hardwired differently. That's why we shouldn't compare ourselves with others. It's too demoralizing. Even others that are in the same lane as you. Sometimes we compare our introduction, our chapter one, to the last chapter, our chapter 12. And, uh, you, you know, there's a life to live. There's a process to go through before we get to where they're at. So I just want to encourage you with some stuff today. All things are possible to him who believes. A political uh, leader once remarked, some people see things as they are and say, why? I look at things that are not and say, why not? You see, your attitude can give you an uncommon perspective on life. Two shoe salesmen went to a faraway country and after a few days, one of them sent back the message, I'm coming home, nobody wears shoes here. The other salesman says, send more shoes. Nobody has them yet over here. It's the same situation, just two different perspectives. One says they don't wear them, so we can't sell them. The other says they haven't got any. We'll sell shed lords. My attitude can give me an uncommon perspective on life. Number six, my attitude is my best friend or my worst enemy. Jesus said in Luke chapter six, the good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what is good. And the evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth what is evil, for his mouth speaks from that which fills his heart. Your heart, your mouth is the overflow of the heart. And it's good for you during this lockdown period to look at what's been happening in your world over the past few years and look at the kind of attitude you've had when you're under pressure. Pressure reveals what's really inside of you. Pressure knocks you. You know, I mentioned it last week about the teacup and, and you know, cup, cup and saucer and you get jostled and stuff. Whatever is in that cup spills into the saucer. And when life jostles us and pushes us and prods us, whatever's in the heart comes out the mouth. Attitude creates momentum, positive or negative, for your life, for your leadership, for your business, for your family. Leaders know this. Business executives say the most important elements for, for potential employees are 5% ability, 5% adaptability, 10% ability. They're not really worried really too much about appearance, but they say 70% of why they would employ somebody is attitude. What is your attitude like? Are you willing to change your attitude? Don't become frozen, frozen in time. Allow God to melt you you know, with his, with his positivity and his love. This, this was still in Easter period time. Let him touch your life. And uh, certainly during lockdown. Note the importance of attitude in both, not just the bosses of place of the workplace, but in the workers themselves. Practicing psychologists list five rules for evaluating people considered for job promotion. Here we go. Number one, ambition. Number two, attitudes towards policy. Number three, attitudes towards colleagues. Number four, leadership skills. And then number five, attitudes to pressure on the job. You know, the Bible says, 
serve your masters well. Whoever you're working for, it says, you should work for them like you're working for Jesus himself. We should be such a blessing to our bosses at work that they just say, where did you guys come from? Too often it's like, well, who do they think they are with a fancy car? They've got all the money and we just work for this, that and the other. Listen, nobody put a gun to your head. Nobody put a gun to your head to be, you agreed to receive the wages that you went into. Come on, you've got to wobble your head. Let's have a great attitude towards our bosses. You know, God wants to promote a great attitude. You know, these people are your bosses now, but maybe you'll be running the company at some stage. And you say, oh, it's just American. It's just Americanisms. No, it's not. It's in the Bible. How do you get the guy who one night goes to bed and in the morning he wakes up in prisoner's pyjamas because he's in jail. But in that same day, he goes to bed in pyjamas of the Prime Minister. In one day, everything changed for Joseph in the Bible. In one day. Why? Because for years, 13 years, he kept a great attitude. And maybe you're looking and saying, well, when, when's my promotion? When is it? It'll come. You just keep, you, you leave that with God. You just keep having a great attitude. Keep turning up and working hard. And that's what the Bible says of us. A survey was taken among customers to discover why they stopped shopping in certain shops. This is what was discovered. 1% of them die. 3% move away. 5% find other friendships. So they go to their shops. 9% is competitive reasons. Like it's cheaper over here, better quality or whatever. 14% is about product dissatisfaction. But 68% of people stop shopping in shops, certain shops, because of an attitude of indifference shown to them by an employee. An attitude of indifference. See, it's attitude. It can be your best friend or your worst enemy. I've worked in the mills, you know, when I was younger, and the attitudes often in mills are terrible towards the bosses. And sometimes the bosses are not that great. I have to say, you know, it works both ways. Bosses need to have a great attitude. And if you're a boss, you know, I want to say to you, come on. You've, a leader knows the way, goes the way and shows the way. Come on, it's on you. Take your cue from Jesus, the CEO of the universe. He came and became a man and he humbled himself, taking the form of a servant, being found in likeness as a man. Didn't see equality with God, something to be grasped and say, I'm God, I'm God, I'm God. No, he humbled himself, took the form of a servant. You know, that's what you're supposed to do as a leader. It's servant leadership. It's not like I've met it and I'm great because I'm just a great person. No, no, no. Look after your workers. That's what I'm so, that's powerful on a Sunday, isn't it? <laughs> Coming from me, look after your workers. Give them a pay rise. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Attitude works both ways. It does. Number seven, my attitude, not my achievements, will give me happiness. That's powerful. My attitude, not my achievements, will give me happiness. Ecclesiastes, a book in the Old Testament written by Solomon, who was at this stage the wisest man in the world. It said, I considered all my activities which my hands had done and the labour which I had exerted. And behold, it was vanity or emptiness and striving after the wind, and there was no profit under the sun. I know there's nothing better for men than to rejoice and do good in one's lifetime. Moreover, that every man who eats and drinks sees good in all his labour. It is a gift from God. The thoughts in your mind 
are more important than the things in your life. I'll say that again. The thoughts in your mind are more important than the things in your life. And too many leaders think that if they could just, or too many people think if they can just move place and work somewhere else, have different circumstances, then they would be happy. We call this destination disease. And we've got to be cured of it. Destination disease. I wish, you know, sometimes I've thought, I wish I could work in Spain. <laughs> Hot every day. Fantastic, you can wear shorts and a t-shirt every day. How brilliant is that? Not freezing like England. But uh, it's destination disease. Have you ever thought these thoughts? Just a personal evaluation on destination disease. If I could just work in a different place, I'd be happier. Or if I just knew that person, I'd be satisfied. If things were different here, I'd, I would be okay. If I would not have done that, I would feel better about myself. And all this is destination disease. And you know, just affected there by the past, you know, if I'd have done that. And I want to say the Apostle Paul had a great remedy for the past, great attitude. He said, this one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, I press on towards the goal, towards the high calling in Christ. You know, and that's for somebody this morning. L let it go. You can't change the past. Let it go says, this one thing I, I do, I forget what you have to train your mind to forget because it keeps remembering. And every time those thoughts come bubbling back up to the surface in your mind, bringing guilt, shame, or what if, what if I'd have done this and not done that? Listen, you've got to switch your mind and use a minute. Switch your mind at that point. Don't dwell on it. Think about something else. Change your thinking before long, those thoughts will begin to drop off. Might take a month or two, but change your mind. Stop thinking about those things. Switch your mind and use a minute. So that's number seven. My attitude, not my achievements, will bring me happiness. Because you have to live with you wherever you are. And if you're behaving like a, a bad person, <laughs> if, you're not a, if you're a nasty piece of work, oh, you might be Christian, you might wear the badge. But you know something, if you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to get on the inside to help you to change, then you'll not be happy wherever you go. You'll not be happy no matter how much money you make. You'll not be happy no matter who you're married to or what your kids are like. You won't be happy because you're still living with you. And we have to allow the Holy Spirit to come in and to transform us. And that includes then submitting to his word. The Holy Spirit inspired the Bible to be written. And so we need to read his word. Leaders are readers. And if you're going to have great leadership in your life, leading yourself, it's important that you read. Or if you can't read, you know, get some books that you can listen to. Get some podcasts and talks that you can listen to. And, you know, go through them. There's preachers out there. There's TED Talks. There's all sorts that can help you on this journey of getting a great attitude. Number eight, my attitude will change when I choose to change it. You see, nothing changes unless we actually, you don't change till you change. You have to do it. It's a funny thing, isn't it, life? We can't tailor make the situation of life and our circumstances, but we can tailor make our attitudes to fit them whenever they arrive. You can tailor make your attitude. You can decide not to take the offence. That's one, one way of, of having a great attitude, to decide not to take the offence. When somebody says something, you can decide not to take it on and say, they didn't mean that, they were probably complimenting me. And keep going. Keep moving on. Just to say, we worry so much about what people think about us and they're not even thinking about us. We're not that important to them. 
we are not that important to them. Well, and they're going to be thinking this, and they're going to be thinking, will you give your mind a rest and get on with what you're supposed to be doing? Don't worry about the rest. Don't worry. Here's how to tailor make your attitude. You want to know? Let me let, let me fire some things at you. Believe it's not what happens to you, but what happens in you that matters the most. Can I say that again? Believe it's not what happens to you, but what happens in you that matters the most. I'm just going to list them because I want to finish this talk today and have another couple of points. Here's another one. Stop blaming something or someone else for your attitude, not to self. Evaluate your present attitudes. Recognise that faith is stronger than fear. You know, I throw some funnies in and I'll tell you why. I said it last week, but we, we need to bring some humour back to ourselves. We've got to make learning a joy. We've got to, we've got to be able to laugh at ourselves. One of the hardest things to do. And we taught our lads that. One of the hardest things to do is just laugh at yourself. And in teaching them, I was teaching myself, just laugh at yourself. You know, you're not that important. Yes, you're valued by God. Yes, other people that love you and value you. But, you know, to the whole world, you're not that important. You know, just relax and enjoy yourself. Enjoy your personality. Ask God to fill you with his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, honestly, can lighten you up lighten you up just lighten the lord he's brilliant uncover and write out a statement of purpose that sounds really intense but it's like like i've just said determine i'll not take the offense that's one way ask for help from somebody else to be accountable about your attitude so that if you blow it if you know you have somebody that you can call and just say you know what what we talked about last week i've really blown it and let them strengthen you and get you going again but you know keep accountable with your attitude i try to be accountable well i am accountable to shelly constantly and my leaders but really to shelly she's the one that knows me the most intimately and and also loves me more than anybody else spend time with the right people oh i can't emphasize that enough spend time with the right people listen eagles don't hang around with chickens chickens can't fly they just make a lot of noise there's a lot of bluff and blister with them. They try to fly, they get a little bit high and then they drop to the ground because they're too heavy to fly. Listen, you're an eagle. And eagles, you know, they are awesome creatures. When they fly, when there's a storm coming, all the other birds drop to the ground. Eagles fly into the storm and they use the storm to get even higher. Eagles are awesome. You're an eagle. You're not a chicken. But you're hanging around with too many chickens. I'm not having a go at chicken. I, I like chickens. I'm, I'm having chicken for my lunch today. I eat chickens. <laughs> anyway, you're an eagle. Stop hanging around with chickens. Spend time with the right people. People that are going to push you and encourage you and be honest with you. And be vulnerable to you as well. It's two-way traffic. Consume truth. Sort yourself in the Bible. Consume truth. There's truth all over the world. But the Bible's ultimate truth. I test all truth by what the Bible says. If it's not in the Bible, that might be true for somebody, but it's definitely not ultimate truth. You know, the Bible's there. I'm not trying to be a bigot. I'm just saying that truth, God's word, gives us light, the Bible says. I don't want to get into all that now. But, you know, have a great teachable attitude when it comes to soaking yourself in truth. Let's just stay on that. Romans chapter 12, first three verses. It says, Offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, for this is your worship. And then it says, Don't conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you can test God's good, 
perfect and pleasing will. And it doesn't get any more, you can't better perfect. You know, as, as, we, as we take our cue from what the scriptures say, what God says about life, what God says about marriage, what God says about leadership, what God says about business, what God says about bringing kids up. When we take his truth, there's nothing, there is nothing better than that truth. There's nothing higher than that. Number nine, my attitude needs continual adjustment. My attitude needs continual adjustment. Finally, my brothers, Philippians chapter four. Finally, my brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honourable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good reputation, if there is any excellence, if anything is worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. That is so good. It's what you focus on. The mind needs a focus. And we allow so many things to come into our minds. You can't help what comes in, but you can help whether you dwell on it and give it time. So change your mind and use a minute and start to think on whatever is honourable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good reputation. Think on these things. Don't just let your mind drift. Focus the mind. My attitude needs continual adjustment. You know, you know, I travel a lot, I go to different countries, uh, in particular Tanzania and Africa is one of my favourite places. I fell in love with Africa when we, we built a, an orphanage there and a clinic some 30 years ago. People say, Africa, it gets under the skin and it does. And I've been going there ever since. We're starting a church out there soon. But you know, flying out to Africa, flying anywhere, we just think, well, the plane sets off and it goes and it doesn't. Even though it's on automatic pilot, it still is blown off course and the pilots have to keep adjusting uh, every so often, every few minutes, they have to adjust the plane. Same with the ship. It set the course automatically, but the winds and the waves can cause it to drift and so they have to keep getting it back on course. And it's the same uh, with you and I. Even, even the great Apostle Paul wrote to mature believers and he still exhorted them to work at their attitudes and watch what filled their minds. Our lives are like aeroplanes or sailing boats. We have to plan our destination, but there is a need for constant adjustment along the way. And you know, here's some prods in your life that will tell you that you're drifting. Can I just share a few of these with you? They're indicators for attitude adjustments. When your family notices and, and tells you that your attitude's wrong, they might not tell you, they might even just look at you. They might just keep moving away from you. And you think, why are they moving away? What's the matter with them? Hey, and when you're wanting to be happy, they're not that happy because they see the other side of you and they don't like it. And take note, you've got to do something then, adjust your attitude. Your relationship with co-workers, people that you're working with, whether it's on a ward, uh, in the hospitals, or whether you work, the... Uh, the tourism industry, whatever it is that you do, your co-workers, you may own a bar and you know staff, it's hard to keep all the staff and bars are always nicking your best ones. <laughs> What's your relationship uh, with them? When relationships become strained, that's the key, that your attitude's not great. When your view or my view of people becomes low, becomes lower, lower than what it should be, you know, we are all of equal value, doesn't matter who we are. We're all of equal value. That's what I love about the NHS. Whether you're rich, whether you're poor, whether you're a celebrity or whether you're not, 
their aim and what they try to deliver constantly and consistently is you'll get the same car. How amazing is that? That's, that's great. You know, the Bible says that we are equal. Men and women are equal. We are different, but we are equal. And maybe I'll do some teaching about that from what the Bible says. Men and women, we are of equal value to God, but we're also of equal value. We should be in each other's eyes. That's an important one. So it's an indicator adjustment when people start to become lower than human in your life and in your world. And my perspective on life becomes cynical. When your perspective or my perspective becomes cynical, then we know we've got to adjust and we've got to get that va-va-voom back for people and for life and for great attitude. And last of all, number 10, my attitude is contagious. People catch our attitudes like they catch a cold. It's from getting close. You know, we're all told to self-distance because that's how you catch coronavirus. It's exactly the same way that people catch your attitude. It's contagious. When it's good, it's contagious. When it's bad, it's contagious. So what do you want to work with? What do you, what's the atmosphere you want to work in? What kind of family do you want? I want one that's positive and faith-filled and energised. And yes, we can do it, whatever the, the, the problem is. Yes, we can do it. I love being around builders because builders, it snags as they start to, to do stuff. I've got properties, so I, you know, I ring a builder, say, can you come round? And then they find, they find ways of making things happen. I love being around positive builders or, or tradesmen. They are fantastic. So I've got a couple of questions here. What positive attitudes do people catch from you? What positive, you say, oh, I think I'm just really negative. No, there'll be times when you're positive. What are they? Come on, be encouraged. Because when you recognise what they are, you've, you'll realise you've already met a start. And you'll know how good it feels when you've got a great attitude and others are picking it up from you and the response back and the interaction and the chemistry. And it'll give you a thirst and a hunger to change. It's great. So what positive attitudes do people catch from you? So what negative attitudes do people catch from you? And, you know, we've got to look at that. And sometimes you're positive about everybody, but not about yourself. And so every time you talk about yourself, you put yourself down and people don't like that. They don't. Because then they'll come in, no, 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 you're great. You're really good. And it's time that you spoke well about yourself. And maybe that's for somebody this morning. Because it's too negative to keep speaking bad about yourself. Start to dream. Start to share your dreams. Start to become that person that's got a pulse and that has got a life. Rather than the person that says, well, I'm nothing and I'm rubbish. And that's just not true. And you need to be great. Honestly, the biggest kick up the pants for me was having kids. Because if I didn't want to be great for myself, I've got to be great for them. And, you know, that's, they've caused me to change more than anything else. My love for them has caused me to say, Dave, you cannot be, you cannot remain the way that you are. I wish I could say it was my love for God. And to be fair, that's involved as well. But because they're so close and they're so precious, you know, you're like, God, I've got to change. I want to change. And God wants to help us change. A little bit of homework. List the top three attitude problems within your workplace. Because, you know, you're going to have to have a great attitude when you come in. So I'll list the top three attitude problems within your workplace or your church even. And uh, the next question is, why do you think these attitudes exist? 
Why do you think these attitudes exist within the majority of people? Another question is, how deeply are these attitudes entrenched within the people? Like how many years? How many people? How many leaders at your place of work or your church or your, wherever? Is this a problem in you? Ask that question. Is this a problem in you? And last of all, I want to say in concluding, to apply this is develop a strategy for changing your attitudes. I'll rattle through these quickly. Model the right attitude for the people. Identify and connect. Lead people in the subject of attitude. And I said before, leaders know the way, go the way and show the way. So lead the way. Lead the way. Speak about these truths, about having a great attitude. And hold people accountable for their attitudes. If they'll let you, you can't just force that on them. But let's hold each other to account and say, come on, you're better than this. Come on, you're better than this. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 